Welcome in, everyone, to another Sora Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. And I thank you, God, for every wonderful blessing and gift that you have given us this day. Lord, for being with us, protecting us, dear God, and just, Lord, just meeting our needs. God, I thank you so very much. And God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to go out by way of podcast. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, and just give me the words to say, dear God, that's, that someone may be uh, lifted up, that some need may be met, dear God, in someone's life. God, I just praise you and I thank you for everything. For in Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen. We are in Joshua chapter 8, and we're going to be starting in verse 30. Uh, if we remember, uh, Moses, uh, Joshua went out against Ai and, and destroyed it, and he, he sort of uh, um, ambushed them, and they didn't know exactly what was going on, but uh, he, he was, uh, he had, praise the Lord, he had defeated the army, and uh, now then he goes back to the cities uh, of the ones that came out against him, and he destroy, completely destroys all the cities. And God God told him, he said, uh, don't be afraid to go up against them. I've given, given the cities to you. So now then uh, he is... Uh, has done what the Lord wanted him to do, and, and he has um, been blessed in a great and mighty way. The Lord has been with him and blessed him. So now then, in verse 30, uh, Joshua, then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Elab. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath lifted up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. Now, if we go back, uh, Moses told them to build an altar, uh, and to take and cover it with uh, with stones, uh, and to plaster over it, and um, to write upon it the uh, the, the laws that he had given them. And if we go back to Numbers, uh, let me see here. No, it's Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 29. We will find that uh, where Moses told them, said, And it shall come to pass, when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessings upon Mount... No, that's not the one I'm looking for. But anyway, Moses told them to, or the Lord told them to build this altar and uh, take and stack the stones up. And there, he didn't want no chisels or no hammers or nothing like that uh, to be put upon these stones. He just wanted the stones naturally put on, um, stacked up and to make an altar out of them. And then that they was going to plaster over that. And then in the plaster, they was to write the uh, commandments and the laws of Moses. And that's what they did. And Mo and uh, Joshua, he built this altar. And then he offered up on it sacrifices uh, for, the, for God being with them and giving them 
the land which he had just given them and for blessing them and keeping them safe. And uh, and 32, and he wrote thereupon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side of the ark and on that side before the priests, the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well as the stranger, as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Grizzom, and half of them over Mount Ebel, as Moses commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. Now, this, now then, this is where we go back to Deuteronomy. And this is where Moses told them, said, when you go into the promised land, when you go in, um, I want half the people on uh, Mount Grizzom, and I want half the people on Mount uh, Ebal, and I want uh, the one half to recite the blessings and the other half to recite the cursings. And that way that everybody will know what they are. Well, in between these two, two hills is where Joshua built this altar. And he plastered it up and uh, wrote all the laws and commandments of Moses upon it. And, and afterwards, in verse 34, afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not want, not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were conservant there among them. So he read this, and, and the Lord told him that once a year that the uh, laws and the commandments were to be read to the whole, uh, every one of the tribes, um, when they gathered together in the place that the Lord would pick later on, that they were to read these laws aloud to each and every one of them every year. Well, today uh, we have God's word, and we need to read this read this word. We need to read this word daily. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter whether you're a minister or whether you're a teacher or whether you're just a Christian. We all should read God's word daily. Uh, pick you out some kind of a plan to where that you can read read through God's word, whether it be a year, two years, or whatever, but every day pick you out some part of God's word and read it. You, Like I've said before, you may not understand it all, but when it comes right down to it and you need it, it's going to be there. Even though you think that you've forgotten it, when you need it, it will come back. God will bring it back to your memory and you can you can use it for that purpose at that time. But, you know, it, it's it's not, we may never use it every day. Some of us will, some of us won't, but we need to read it every day because it's the reading of the word that, uh, that strengthens us. And by reading God's word and the parts that we do understand, uh, the Lord will use those to strengthen us and to help us as we go along. Uh, and you know, that's, this is where I get my start every morning. That is in God's word by praying, uh, praying every morning and then getting into the word and studying the word. And, and yes, I, I have a reason to, because that, uh, I do podcasts three days a week and I also do Sunday school at my church on Sunday, but still yet, even though you don't, 
you need to read it every day and and it it helps you it strengthens you and it, it brings you closer to the lord because you understand more about salvation you'll understand more about uh uh, the workings of God and exactly what the Lord wants us to do and it helps us a lot but but we've got to read it I mean it we just it's not one of those things for that we just figure well you know I'll read it you know I, I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and I hear the word of God read so you know that's all I need and I hear I hear the pastor preach on it and everything and I hear him re uh, quote the Bible and everything well, is he is he read actually reading from God's word, or or do you take your Bible with you and do you open it up to where he's reading, or are you just taking him at his word that he's reading out of the word? So this is where we got we got to realize we need to we need to know and we need to understand exactly what it is that God is saying to us, because you know if we if we're not careful we can be led astray very very quickly and really before we ever know it and this is where we we uh we get back into where that we are uh listening to god's word and we understand it and we know where they're at and we know if they're quoting it right or if we're uh, and reading it right chapter nine and now in chapter nine after that uh, joshua built the altar and and he uh read the laws to everybody and and all like that and then he went uh it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side jordan in the hills and in the valleys and in the coast of the great sea over against lebanon the hittite and the amorite and the canaanite and the Perizzite and the hivite and the jebusite heard thereof and they gathered themselves together to fight with joshua and with Israel with one accord. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done, heard that what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wildly and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and had took old sacks upon their asses and old wine bottles and, uh, and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clotted upon their feet and old garments upon them and all the bread all the bread of their provisions was dry and moldy now then i if we go back and moses was talking to the children of israel and told them you know whatever you do don't compromise with the enemy you know we don't want to compromise with satan uh it doesn't matter what it is or how good it sounds we don't want to compromise with him and if we if we are not very careful satan will uh make a pact with us before that we know what we're doing so this is for that we re, when something comes to our mind and we think that this is really good and and it sounds really good we we need to take the time to figure out just exactly who it is that is putting this in our head try the spirit try the spirits the bible tells us to try the spirits so we know which which one is true and which one is not but these 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 people people got together and they made they went to 
Joshua, and they made themselves look like they had been traveling for a long way, and their bread was molded, and their wine bottles was uh, old and rent, and they, their shoes was about wore out, and their clothes was wore out, and everything. They, they looked like they'd been traveling for a long time, when in fact it, they didn't live but about three days away, uh, or maybe closer than that. But anyway, they went to Joshua. And they they told Joshua about how that they'd heard what all that the Lord had done and to the, all the people on the other side of Jordan and what he had done to Jericho and and all these people and and he wanted them to, he wanted to, Joshua to make a pact with him or make a league with him that they um, you know that they wouldn't hurt them um, but uh, it says in verse four they did work wildly. And went and made as if they had been a bastards, and took old sacks upon their asses, and wine bottles old and rent, and bound up, and old shoes, and caught it upon their feet, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua and unto the camp of Gilgah, and said unto him, and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Preadventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? See, they've already told a bunch of lies already. They they made themselves up to be something that they wasn't. They told him that they had come from a far company, a far country, and they made their apparel and and everything that they had look like they had been traveling for a long way. So they'd already told one lie. So now then, to uh, make sure that they they told the right lies and everything, when uh, Joshua asked them, "From whence come ye?" and they said, "From a far country." They never said from what city they came from. They, they, they never, uh, see this, this right here, it should have been a, a, uh, a light should have come on, uh, in Joshua's mind when they said, we come from a far country. Why did they not tell him what city they came from? Because if they told him what city they came from, Joshua would know right off, right off hand that they were neighbors. So they just told him we come from a far country. And he said, because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and what he did in Egypt and, and what he did to the king of the Amorites beyond Jordan and to Shion, king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, <coughs> which was Ashroth. <coughs> Said now said in verse eleven it says wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us saying take victuals with you for the journey for the journey and go to meet them and say unto them we are your servants wherefore now make you a league with us so this is our and then they got to showing him you know all their clothes and their wine bottles and their bread and how it was old and dry and moldy and and everything was was uh, decayed and everything that was supposed to prove that they had been traveling for a long time. And Joshua made peace with them. 
Now, wait a minute. Let's back up one. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel, <clears throat> counsel at the mouth of the Lord. That was Joshua's mistake right there. They took it upon themselves, uh, Joshua and all the princes of Israel, they took it upon themselves to make this decision instead of seeking the Lord and finding out just exactly what the Lord wanted them to do. Because if if they had took the time to ask, ask God, uh, take counsel of, of God and find out what he wanted them to do, God would have told them that these men <clears throat> are trying to trick them and they need not make a league with them. They need, they need to get rid of them. But <clears throat> they didn't. They made a, made a league with them. And then after, uh, in verse 16, and after it uh, came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities was Gibeon and Shephra and Beroth and Kareth Jerem. And the children of Israel smote them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel and all the congregation murmured against the princes. But all the princes said unto the, all the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord of Israel. Now therefore, we may not touch them. Okay. We done, we, done, we, we, we messed up. And we messed up, okay? We swore to, the, to them that we, we made league with them. We told them we, wouldn't, we wasn't going to bother them, even though they lied to us. We are not going to lie to them, and we are not going to go back on our word that we told them because we told them that we would not uh, do them harm, and we're not going to. Even though they, they deceived us, they lied to us, we're not going to do the same thing. We are going to keep up our end of the bargain. <clears throat> so they, they wouldn't do anything to them. But they did, they did do this. They, they told them that uh, they would let them live, uh, at least the wrath be upon them because of the oath that they swore to them. But the, but the princes told them, they're going to let them live, but they are to be hewers of wood and drawers of water until to, unto all the congregation, as the princes had promised them, they, they're going to live. But they, they're, they're now then, they're not going to have their freedom. They're not going to have their homes. They're not going to have their, their cities. They're not going to have none of that. They're going to have to dwell among the children of Israel, and they're going to have to be hewers of wood and they're have, going to have to be drawers of, of water. In other words, they're going to have to uh, cut all the wood uh, that all the children of Israel needs. They're going to have to cut all that wood. They're going to have to draw all the water for the, everyone in the children in the uh, whole nation of Israel and the, and the sojourners that are with them. They're going to have to draw their water. They're going to be servants until the day they die. And uh, they... They are they are alive, but they are they don't have any freedom anymore. 
So that's the same way. When we make compromise with Satan, we, we have a life, but we don't have any freedom. Our freedom is taken away from us. When we, uh, when we make a pact with Satan, when we make, uh, when we turn away from the Lord and, and start following after Satan, we are no more free, but we are under bondage of sin. And that sin, uh, in the end is death. So, you know, be very careful. Do not compromise with Satan. We need to stick to our guns. We need to stick to the word of God and we need to, to follow it and do it and not candy coat it, not, not pour sugar on it and tell people what they want to hear, hear just so they'll come in and pay their tithes. We need to tell it just exactly like it is. Uh, I heard a preacher say one time, we need to preach hell hot and heaven sweet. And uh, we need to, to shun hell and to strive toward heaven. And in order to strive toward heaven, there is a certain way that we're going to have to live and we can't cut corners. It's, we're going to have to live just exactly the way that God's word tells us that we're going to, we're going to have to live that way. We, like the Bible says, you know, there's no other way in except by Jesus, and we've got to follow the laws and the commandments that He has laid down before us. Yes, this world has changed. Things in this world has changed, but God has not changed. Jesus has not changed. They are the same yesterday as they are today. They're the same today as they was when Moses and Joshua walked upon this earth, and they'll be the same uh, on up till the end of this world. They don't change. Their, their ideals of salvation does not change. Their ideals of worship and praise does not change. We, we have got to figure out that we, we, this is a strict life that we have to live as a Christian, but the thing about it is, is the, the rewards for living this way are, are uh, we can't even, we can't even imagine a, a, a 1% of what it's going to be like to be in heaven. Our minds will not, not even let us even comprehend what it's going to be like to be in heaven. I mean, it, it's, you know, we, we, we say, you know, everything's going to be perfect. Uh, uh, there's going to be all kinds of gold and silver and jewels and, and pearls and all this stuff all over the place. And streets are, are paved with the purest gold that ever was. And we're never going to get sick. We don't never have to sleep. We don't, we ain't never going to get tired. We say all this stuff, but our mind really can't comprehend exactly what it's like to be in heaven because it's, there's, there's nothing on this earth that even comes close to comparing to heaven. Um, you know, the, the greatest, the, the most expensive house, the most expensive cars, you not having to do nothing. Everything, it's people waiting on you hand and foot all the time still does not compare to what heaven is going to be like. It's, it's going to be one of the most greatest places to live that ever was. And yes, we are living. At that point in time, when we leave this, leave this world and we go to heaven, that is living. We, that is when we begin to live. This, this here on earth is just, this is death. We are born, and from the minute that we take our first breath, we then, we then start our decline to death. 
But when we get in heaven, when the minute we walk into heaven, we have only begun to live. And if we are there, uh, well, it's eternity. There's not going to be any time. We are always going to be there. We're always going to be praising the Lord. And we're always going to be having a good time. And it's, it's for eternity, ever and ever and ever and ever. We never, we never die when we get there. So, yes, it's, and, you know, reading all these, all these fights and all these battles that Joshua and the children of Israel had to go through when, when after they got into the promised land, this is after they got into that land that flows with milk and honey, they had to take that land away from uh, from the inhabitants that was there in it. So this is a place in our spiritual life, like I've said before, this is a place in our spiritual life to where that we receive God's blessings to the fullest on this earth, but it is not heaven because we are we still going to have battles and we're still going to have troubles and we're still going to have trials and we're still going to have some hard times but the thing about it is is god has already given us all those blessings and everything and we need to claim them and those battles that we go through if we will turn those over to the lord and let him handle them then we can go through them with ease yes it's it's going to take a little work on our on our part see god told told joshua he he told joshua when he went up against ai he said uh, do not worry. So how was it? it said, be uh, be strong and be of good courage. I have given these people unto thee. Uh, the Lord said, I've given these people to you. So instead of us just sitting down and waiting on God to deliver them and kill them or whatever, Joshua, he knows that he needs to take his army and he needs to go out against these people. And he's got to do it uh a little he's got to do it a little uh, a little deceptive if you if you will but anyway that he's, he's got to ambush them and he is going to go up against them and when they when they come out against him he's going to turn and run like he did the first time but little did they know that the cities that they come out of which they they left defenseless the cities that they came out of they was uh, several thousand men in behind that city and when these men got out there and got to chasing after the israel joshua and the israelites then they came out from uh the ambush and they overtook the city and they they killed everybody in the cities and they burnt the cities and when uh they set the cities on fire and joshua seen the smoke and all the men of those cities turned around and seen that their their cities were burning. They lost uh, the ones that uh, was from those cities. They lost all their will to fight at that point in time because they knew that everything that they had, family and everything, had been destroyed. So that's when Joshua's people then started moving toward them and the ones that had set the city on fire. They came out and they, they to meet Joshua. And they they took the five I believe it was five kings and they took them and they they got into a cave they thought they was going to hide and they wouldn't be killed and somebody knew about it so they rolled big stones up in front of the cave and blocked them in there till they got finished fight uh, 
with the armies and then when they had had victory over the armies and had uh, killed everyone then they came back took the stones away from the kings brought the kings out and they killed them and they hung their bodies in the trees until the evening time and then they took them down and they they took them back into the cave and they put them all five of them into the cave and they they sealed the front of it with rocks so yeah god god was with him and god will be with us but we we've got to be very careful because just like the things that happened to joshua uh satan the satan snuck in there and these this these these uh people uh the Hittites, they decided that they were going to make a pact with uh, Joshua, so they they made themselves up to be something that they wasn't, and told lies and everything. and And Joshua didn't seek counsel of the Lord, and he he got to the point to where that he couldn't do nothing with them. He couldn't kill them, so he he made servants out of them. And then after that, uh. They came and, let me find out where I'm at here. Oh, and the, okay. This is when the the five kings was the ones that went out against Gibeon. Okay, they went out against Gibeon because they had heard what uh, that had, hap- had transpired of how they had, uh, uh, made a pact with Joshua and Joshua had spared them and, and was not going to kill them and had made servants out of them. And so they got angry and these five kings got together and they went out to kill all the people of Gideon. And he went out to fight against them. So one guy ran to uh, Joshua uh, to tell him that uh, and the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp of Gilga, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilga, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, fear them not. For I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgah all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Huron and smote them to Ascara and to Machadeh. And it came to pass as they fled before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Haran that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ascus, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. So the Lord told me, he said, I've, I've given them to you. Don't be afraid. And they was they was some of them had gotten away from them and they was running and and God sent down hailstones, big hailstones, and he killed he killed more with hailstones than 
Joseph and or Joshua and his army slew with the sword. And this is another fact. Um, uh, in 13, and the Lord, let's see, no, let's go back up 12. Then Joshua spake to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel and said in, in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. Stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. It is it's not this written in the book of Jasher. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and halted not, hasted not to go down about a whole day. Now then. Okay, do you think you're thinking? Well, you know, is this really true or not? Well, let me tell you a little story that happened. This this actually happened. Our space program, uh, they were sending rockets up uh, to land on the moon, and they kept missing the moon. And they'd send another one up, and they kept and they missed the moon. And somebody went had remembered in the Bible about the sun standing still for this twenty-four hour period. So they they go in and some way they do calculations to where that they they allow for the sun standing still for 24 hours and the next rocket they send up with these new calculations was right on target. So yes, this actually happened. You know, God has a way of proving the Bible. I I, I have read many things about uh, things that have happened and scientists are trying to scientifically uh, or worldly explain how the things happen and by doing so they just reassure uh, of exactly why the things happen the way that they happen uh, i used to have i used to have a book i don't know what i um what i done with it it was called science in the bible and it was uh taking the biblical things uh the parting of the red sea uh, um, I can't remember, I can't remember all of them, but anyway, different, different things in the Bible, um, they were trying to scientifically tell you exactly how these things happened. And uh, as a matter of fact, where it was supposed to, it was said in that book where the, where the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, it was, um, it wasn't very deep. And when the wind blowed, it would actually draw the water back. And that's what, that's, and you, you remember uh, the Bible says that uh, when the waters parted, the wind blew all night and dried up the ground. But if you will go on and you read that, the water wasn't just on one side of them. The water was standing in a heap on both sides of them i mean there was there was a wall of water on each side of them so that shot the uh scientist's little explanation of how things happen it shot that out of the water but i that always fascinated me how they, they tried to tried to uh take the worldly things and explain how that the things that the miracles that god did how that he did them and you can't do it. It's not possible because 
every time you do you get you get into things for that you can't explain exactly how it that it did happen and this uh that part about the, the sun standing still it stood still for a whole day while they were uh fighting this fight till they had finished uh, the fight and had taken care of everybody and then the sun started to move again so that that one day was was actually two days long and the sun never did go down and john and uh let's see i forgot where i was at now but anyway uh, it was told Joshua, saying these five kings, these are the ones that went out against Gibeon. Uh, they were in a cave. And uh, Joshua told them to roll, roll stones in front of the cave and not let them out till they got finished. And it was after that that the sun stood still. And then after everything was over with, Joshua went back to where the kings were. And said, Joshua opened the mouth of the cave and uh, verse 22 open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings and to me out of the cave and they did so and brought forth those five kings and to him out of the cave the king of jerusalem the king of hebron the king of jarmuth uh the king of uh Lashish, and the king of Eg eglon and it came to pass when they brought out these kings unto Joshua that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war which went with him come near put your feet upon the necks of these kings and they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them and Joshua said unto them fear not nor be dismayed be strong and be of good courage for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. So Joshua brought them out, had his men put their feet upon their necks, and let all Israel know, all the men of war, all the men of valor, let them know that this is exactly what God was going to do to all their enemies. They didn't need to be they didn't need to fear, they didn't need to worry about everything. God had everything in the control and as long as they stayed uh, and done what the Lord wanted them to do, everything was going to be fine as of today. As long as we follow God and we keep his commandments and we do exactly what he wants us to do, everything is going to be fine. God is going to take care of all of our problems. Yes, we, we will go through some things. There's going to be some trials, but uh, still yet, every time that we go through a trial, we get just a little bit stronger. Every time that something comes against us, we get just a little bit stronger. And the stronger we get in the Lord, the better off we are. So we don't need to worry about everything that's going on in our lives. We just need to let the Lord follow, uh, uh, lead us and we follow him and listen to him and do his will. And I know sometimes, even me, let me put it this way. I, I sometimes get thoughts and they they keep reoccurring they won't go away and i i get to the point to where if they're they're something that is is really important and everything i i ask the lord to 
give me a sign and to let me know that this is of him. And uh, matter of fact, recently I had one uh, the thought that had been in my mind for a long time. And I finally told the Lord, Lord, if this is what you want, uh, this is what I want to happen. And I put a fleece before the Lord. And um, it didn't it didn't come to pass. So now then, I understand that it was me and not the Lord, and I need to let it go. Because, you know, sometimes we can get in trouble by doing stuff that we think that God is calling us to do when he's not. So, you know, be, be very careful about uh, what we do. And, uh, yeah, we come to that in uh, Judges chapter 6. Uh, I was trying to figure out who it was. Gibeon, Gideon, Gideon. He put a fleece before the Lord. And, and I mean, this was actually a fleece. It, this is where the word comes from. But he had this piece of this fleece that he put on the ground uh, three times, I believe it was. And one time he wanted uh, the dew to wet everything around the fleece, but the fleece be dry. And another time he wanted the fleece, to, the dew to be on the fleece, but everything around it be uh, dry. And he, the day that that happened, he actually picked it up and wrung, wrung the dew out of it. But he knew at the end of it that this was exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. And it was something that was very important to him. So he wanted to make sure it is, uh, it's not exactly questioning God. It's just making, making sure that this is exactly what he wants you to do. And that was what I was doing because it, 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 it was very important thing that, uh, was on my mind and I wanted to make sure that it was him and not me. So I told the Lord, uh, if I, when I do this, uh, I'm going to go on this day and I'm, uh, I want this person to be at that place that I'm going to be and they weren't there. Uh, so yes, we can do that. And yes, we can, uh, we can do that because, uh, the Lord put that in, God put that in his word to let us know that. Yes, this is possible. We can do this. But he, he killed the kings and he hung them up in the tree. And at the evening, he took them down and he put them back in the, in the caves and he sealed them up. And they went, then they went to the cities, each one of the cities from the five kings. They went to each one of those cities, Jerusalem and, and, uh, all these cities and they took the cities and they 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 completely destroyed everybody in these cities and he went out against many others and fought against uh many others in chapter uh in chapter 11 and it came to pass when jabin king of hazer had heard these things that he sent to jo jobab king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Ashkoth, Archshof, 
and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains and of the plains south of Chinnereth and in the valley and in the borders of Dor on the west and to the Canaanites on the east and on the west and to the Amorite and to the Hittite and to the Pezerite and to the Jebusite in the mountains and to the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude with horses and chariots, very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. See, here is Israel. There, there's a lot of people in Israel. Uh, um, and a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of men that are uh, ready to go to war and are able to go to war. And they are a huge army. But now then we're talking about a bunch of kings had got together with all their armies uh, that said they were like the sand of the seas. There were so many of them. And they had come out against Israel. And they were going to fight against Israel. And they, they, <clears throat> they figured they had strength in number. And they was going to overtake Israel. And they was going to do away with Israel. But they, they, they failed to, they failed to remember who was in charge and what the Lord had done to them. You know, we ha we have got people today that they think that they can do anything. They can do anything. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. They're bigger than you are, and they're smarter than you are, and they can, they can, they can do anything they want to, and it's all right. And they, they don't understand that their, their confidence in their self and confidence in their ability is all misplaced because when it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter. You can take somebody like me that's old and broke down and fat and lazy and God could bless me and I could go out against um, an army of uh, the size of uh, I don't know uh, the biggest army that there is I can go against the biggest army there is by myself with God on my side and I can overtake them and God God uh, basically proves that uh later on of how that he he took a, a just a few men and he got rid of a huge army and the men i don't think they even had to swing a sword because god was in the midst of them and god was in charge and god had took over and god was the one that was moving see we we think that we we've got to ask god for something and then we've got to help him along with it. But that's that's where we mess up at because we we got to we've got to offer we've got to turn everything in our lives over to God and let him handle it. And then we have got to get out of the way, lay it down at his feet, get out of the way, and go about our business, which is is saving souls, telling the world about Jesus and leave whatever our problem was that we give to him alone. See, so many times we want to pick it up because we figure, well, it's just something simple. I can handle this myself. No, leave it alone. Lay it down there. Leave it alone. Walk off. 
Don't worry about it no more. God's got it all under control. But we we need to we need to do that. We need to leave it alone and let God handle it. Turn it over to Him. And let me tell you something. When you do when you really do that, God can move in it, and you're standing there like, wow, that wasn't so bad after all. Jesus, take my hand. Let me take your hand. Lead me. Guide me in the way that I need to go. I've got problems, Lord, that I can't handle. I turn them over to you. They're yours. You you take care of these problems because I can't. I don't know what to do with them, and I don't know how to fix them. Turn those things over to the Lord. As I, as I said um, quite a while back, get you a basket, bowl, dish, whatever. Take all your... your uh, problems and all the things that are coming against you take all those things and put them in that dish or in that basket one wanted one just a small piece of paper and write it down on that piece of paper fold it up and put it in that basket each one of your problems that you've got and then you take that and you set it on the altar at the church or you set it on the altar in your house where you pray at and you leave it there you don't go back and look at them no more. You don't worry about them no more. You leave it there. You tell, tell, take it to God and tell God that this, Lord, is the things in my life that I cannot deal with anymore. I don't know how what to do with them. I'm bringing these to you. So, Lord, please take care of these and help me to do your will and do the work that you have set before me. And not worry about these. Because he will. He will take care of them. And he will move in your life. And he will bless you for doing it. Listen, I thank you all so very much for listening. And I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoy it. And until the next time, may God bless you in a great and a mighty way.